Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. And we're kind of in a funny limbo state right now. Yeah, it, it feels kind of weird. Our site is currently down as we're recording this. Uh, it actually went down sooner than we expected. On purpose. On purpose. Because uh, we are... Uh, Colin keeps referring to it as a rebranding. That's not the word. It is a redesign. Right, right. We're the same brand. We're a yes. brand? We are a brand. Stolen Droids Media is a brand, whether we like it or not. Um, like, should I have gotten this burned into my hide and I just like missed that meeting? You didn't? <laughs> you don't have logo bots stuck on your butt? You know, there's a reason why I actually have nothing, you know, permanently on my body like that. I can't keep a background on my phone for more than a few days. I can't think of anything I'd want on my body for that long. You know, my son is always busting my chops because I like to change my phone background. But why not? ADHD is fun. But yeah, so the site has been around now for eight years. Are we that old? We're that old. And almost eight years, almost to the day. And this is the first time it's actually been offline. We've had issues before with previous hosts where you couldn't see it or anything, but here we are recording a show for a site that you can't access, and it's weird. But But you should be able to access it, hopefully, by the time you're listening to this. Well, definitely by the time you're listening to this, because otherwise you will not have been able to get this episode. Yeah, which is going to be interesting. Although, I wonder if we put it up on the site, because we can still access the back end. Then the RSS won't pull for people. Uh, okay. See, I've thought Let's about go. this. Almost like I've been yeah. doing this for eight years. It, it is. It is. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get too much more down the rabbit hole like we already have, I'm going to give a shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net who have been with us since nearly the beginning. Kryptonradio.com, yes. who has been with us for just maybe a week less than Trek Radio. Uh, Radio KSCR, who have been with us since we ran into each other at the new media expo in Vegas all those years ago, geek factor radio who've been with us since their beginning, I think. Yeah, right. They, yeah. We've been, yeah, I think so. And Ninja who is currently freaking out by the door. And I gotta say, if you have not visited any of those sites, uh, if you normally listen to us on stolen droids.com or, or through your podcatcher or whatever it happens to be, and you've never gone and checked out Krypton Radio or Geek Factor, go check their sites out because they've got some cool stuff in addition to us. I mean, we are pretty cool, but they may even have stuff better than us. So you might want to check it out, but don't stop listening to us because we need you. If you've listened to us for this long and you haven't gone to any of these places, really, really, I'm going to shame you right now. You should. For shame. For shame. All right. Into our show. We have no feedback. Which, okay. We fine. do have some, we do have some people who followed instructions though and commented on the Facebook post from our last show. And they have been notified that they get passes to Fanex. Who ha, who has announced a few more guests since we last recorded. Yes. Zachary Levi was announced. Danielle Panabaker. Yes. Who, you know, I've always had a bit of a crush on. Uh, you're not the only one. Just She's gonna so say, pretty. Just going to throw it out there. You are not alone, my friend. You know, I get the feeling there's some really amazing talent coming to Fanex this weekend. And 
I just have a very strong sense of dread that our being able to interview 95% of them is going to be extremely difficult. Always is. Yes. But, um, yeah, I, I learned today, I guess they're not doing a panel with Jason Momoa because Warner Brothers has put a gag order on him and he is not allowed to talk. So, yeah, that's a bummer. However, I do know from secondhand experience, I've seen the photos, he does like to troll the bars after conventions. So if you're a drinking person and you're in the bars in this downtown Salt Lake area, there is a possibility you may get to have a panel with a drunk Jason Momoa. Now, why do you think that is? Do you think it's to try and stem the bad press coming out from uh, uh, from the Justice League movie, from the Batman there's been a lot of media circus stuff going on about that. And no one seems to have any real confirmed facts. You know, I think that Warner Brothers and DC treat that the, the movie properties abysmally. And that's not to say that I don't enjoy them because I do. I, I really enjoyed Suicide Squad. I enjoyed Batman versus Superman. I think I'm the only stolen droid who did. But they take themselves way too seriously and they need to just embrace what they are and have fun. Right. And I think, I I think it's part of that. I think that, you know, they're trying to prevent any bad press, but I think they're also trying to prevent any spoilers, which in this day and age is really hard to do. Give us some spoilers, dude. What do you have to lose? All right. Into our episode though. We actually have a fair amount of headlines. There's a lot. There's quite a bit of news from the stupid here, too. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Should we start with news from the stupid, or should we should we end? I don't know. Let's part end. Of me, let's end. Uh, part of me wants to just jump right into the whole CIA thing. Well, let's start with um, with news that maybe we should have been a little little bit better about. Remember when we talked about Apple's beautiful new headquarters, the Apple Park? Yes. And I said, why can't more large companies do this? More large companies need to do this. You know, make a statement, make architecture, show it off. Don't sit there in an old 90s era Novell-like building, right? That was originally built for something else that you took over. Well, and I kind of called out Google because their office space is really freaking boring. Turns out maybe we should have researched that a bit more because... Their plans for their new office have just been approved by Mountain View, Mountain View, California, which is where they're located. Uh Um, And they'll be breaking ground in April and hope to have it done in 2019. Now, where, you know, Amazon's uh, planned headquarters are going to be kind of these biosphere-like globes and Microsoft's is kind of this sprawling um, glass, you know, the city of Oz or the Emerald City kind of looking thing. And Apple's is a donut or a mothership. Evidently, Google's is a circus tent. It kind of looks that way, doesn't it? It took me, I had to stare at these pictures for maybe an hour before I realized what the architect was trying to get. If you look at Mountain View uh, and most and Silicon Valley in general, it's not what people would expect. It is just a whole bunch of low-slung office buildings next to mountains. Yes. And when you see this building from the street, it looks like a mountain. It took me forever to see it, but that's what it is. Is uh... see, it's not obvious. 
It's not. It's not a very good statement. <laughs> no. But it it does look kind of cool. Um, now it will the Googleplex, which is their current um, offices, almost all entirely solar powered. Their solar panels all over it. This thing will be the same. Um, it has state of the art shades, cooling systems, energy recovery systems. It's going to have a public park built in and around it. It's going to have cafes with open seating. It's going to have a pedestrian walkthrough on the main level. So there's actually like a corridor that goes straight through the center of the building. Which, you know, will be great for security. Um, yes. It's ambitious. I'll give it that. It is. Just under 600,000 600, square feet. In and two years. That's... That is very ambitious. Now, very they can ambitious. they can kind of get away with that because unlike Apple, they're not tearing down their existing offices to do it. Yeah. They're building in the lot next to it. Yeah. They are removing about 200 trees from the site, though. Uh, which kind of sucks, but they say they will be planting new trees and they are incorporating plenty of green space to populate the common areas with. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it's kind of funny because on Android Central, which is where I got this article, there's not a lot of details about it. There's really not. But if you follow the links, you can go to the Mountain View City Council website where you can pull up the original filing and it's like a 20-page document in full color explaining every floor plan Every window design, every material they're using, every permit, every type of vegetation they plan on using, multiple renders. It's a surprising amount of information for this kind of project. I, I know the floor plan now of the building. Which is cool if you want to, like, blow it up or something. Don't say that. We need... <laughs> it's Google, man. Now they know. We haven't even published this episode yet, and they know. Oh, that's probably true. Oh, because we're using Hangouts. That's right. Right, right. Uh, we're we're doomed. I'm sorry. I should not have said such a horrible, horrible thing. Please listen to me, Google. Listeners, if you never hear our show again, please tell my wife I loved her. By the way, Google, what's my blood type? <laughs> my phone uh, just activated the uh, Google Assistant. <laughs> I'm a little I? bit worried now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I this this is a cool looking building. I I do like it. I wonder though, are they going to bring the Android statues and put them on the front lawn like they do at at the Googleplex? I would hope so. You know, because I hope that the rest of the Googleplex will eventually be torn down and be put into something like this. And here's the thing: I don't have to like this building. That's not the point. The point is is that it's a s- statement. It's something that they want, and it will live on. That's the goal. Yes. You know, it's like the S.E. Johnson Wax um, administrative offices made by Frank Lloyd Wright. Okay, uh-huh. it's like a 70-year-old building now. It's a statement. It's the Guggenheim Museum. It's it's the Apple Park. It's your corporate identity. Uh-huh. It just so happens this one looks like a circus tent. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. But I can I can totally see how it looks like mountains given the correct perspective right right now um into apple news um we spoke a bit about their i'm saying um a lot tonight i'm very tired um this will be a good episode though um apple's not feeling so great apple's having a rough time a little bit yeah um dang it there it is again uh (laughs) 
Now, I thought this was an interesting article as I was as I was looking at it. The the headline says Apple profits plummet to 79% of smartphone industry share in 2016. That and is I a very thought, confusing headline. And I read that headline and I thought, what the heck are they saying? Are, are they saying they've lost 79% of their yeah. profits? Are their profits down 79%? What are, are they, they down to 79% of their normal earnings? Yeah, that that's a horrible headline. But apparently what it is is they took 79.2% of the industry's profits. So if you look at all smartphones, all mobile phones, and you look at all the profits gained from them, and that's the phone device themselves, that's insurance, it's accessories, it's apps, it's everything. In 2015, Apple got 91% of that money. Yes. And that's probably because of the strength of the Apple ecosystem. You have iTunes, you have iTunes movies, you have... And the way they've tied it into the Apple TV and everything else, it's so strong that even though Android is now the most used mobile OS in the world, Apple still gets 91% of the money. That was 2015. 2016, they only got 79.2%. Now, I don't necessarily feel that's because Android has become the better option. And I know that sounds like sacrilege for me to say because we usually rag on Apple, I think it's more simply because people are just tired of Apple. I think so, too. I, I don't think that it's necessarily that Android is that much better, although I do think Android is better in a lot of respects. But you have to admit, that's your personal opinion. It is my personal opinion, and and I, I have no problem admitting that I am biased when it comes to Apple versus Android. I've had some really bad Apple experiences, and I like the, the free free and open Android ecosystem. And I'm right there with you too, but even my friends who are diehard Apple fans, they've bought what they want to buy. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to get? $160 pair of earbuds that you're going to lose one of them the first time you go jogging? Right. And after the last dongle switch up where everyone had to suddenly go out and throw away everything they had to get the, uh, the, the lightning ports accessories, Apple can't dip from that well again. Yeah. Not without incurring massive wrath, even though it is the easiest way for them to pull profits. And we've talked that Apple, I mean, we mock their, their lack of innovation and how everybody says what they do is innovative when it's really not. But I think that that is really starting to, really starting to hurt them because even the, the Mac cultists, as it were, the Apple fanboys have kind of gotten tired of the same thing every six months or every year when they come out with new offerings. Well, that's actually good news, though, for us as a culture, because that means that those Mac cultists can now buy healthcare instead. That is true. We probably shouldn't get into that. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Our state representative's an idiot. <laughs> public, public apology here on the Stolen Droids podcast. But yeah, I, th- I think that, I think that Apple has, they built up so much goodwill during the last years of Steve Jobs' reign. And I think Tim Cook is really burning through that as quickly as he can. I don't think it's intentional. I, I know it's I, not oh, intentional. I, oh, I don't think it is either. He's I a, th- he's a lifetime Apple employee now. I mean, not literally, but he's been around for so long. He yeah. was groomed by Steve Jobs. 
And, and he loves it. You can tell he loves it. And he's made apologies. He's changed stances on certain things that he, you know, he wants Apple to be a good company. Yeah. I just think he lacks the vision that Jobs had. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking these numbers might be slightly inflated. Let's see. They had 91% of the mobile industry profits from 2015, right? Isn't that about when everyone suddenly had to go out and buy new adapters? Could be. I may be wrong on that, but I could have sworn that was 2015. That was fiscal year 2015. That would explain why everyone was... I'd be interested to see what the 2014 data would have been. Yes. And see if this... if Are we really in a slump? Or was 2015 just a spike year? Yeah, I think it's... I think it's really interesting. They, um... They need to, they need to do something different. Well, maybe they can, uh, pull a ZTE. You know, ZTE oh. was able to earn a bit of extra money on the side, kept them in the black. ZTE is not a great company. They make really cheap, crappy electronics. Um, it's they're a, just objectively bad. It's a Chinese smartphone, Chinese smartphone company. They're, they've been trying to get into the U.S. market and, and get a solid foothold for a few years now. Um, I actually managed one of their first beta tests in the U.S. I was on it. And, I mean, it was okay. It's, it's not a, it's not a Galaxy or a, or a, um, even an iPhone. I mean. You say that so dismissively. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it's not even an iPhone. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just, it's not a flagship phone. It's, it's not one of the high end, you know, good quality phones that that we often will rave about. Right. But It'll never be mistaken for one. No. No. And so, I mean, they, their budget, mid-range, you know, they're okay, whatever, if you like that sort of thing. I don't. Well, but, you see, the problem is, is that even though it's a Chinese manufacturer, they need inroads into the U.S. market, uh, especially to use U.S. tech, such yes. as, you know, Qualcomm which is one of the largest corporations involving mobile technology. They do chipsets. They do silicon, which I know sounds redundant. It's not. Trust me. They do antennas. They do radios. They do modems. They do it all. And they have done it for years. I remember one of my first phones, uh, a flip phone on Airstream or VoiceStream. That's what it was. VoiceStream Wireless was used Qualcomm chipsets and i know this because the back of it was plastered with their stickers yep i had one too with voice stream well see they decided to sell some technology to iran who the u.s has imposed strict sanctions against and you're not supposed to do business with them and zte did anyway so the u.s government said well okay i guess we have to shut you off then from your u.s suppliers In order to avoid that, ZTE pled guilty and agreed to a nearly $1 billion fine, which is not going to help their bottom line. No, especially considering they just cut 3,000 jobs in January. Now, here's the reason why this won't actually make a lick of difference. See, everyone in China doesn't care. Yep. It's a state-sponsored company. That's just how it is. They'll write it off. The The people will never know that their glorious government lost nearly a billion dollars. Um, and no one in the U.S. cares because no one buys ZTE phones. Yeah. That's just kind of how it is. 
I was actually in a T-Mobile store earlier this week. I bought my daughter a uh, Galaxy S7, actually. And the sales guy was actually pushing uh, one of their ZTE models on me instead. Did you laugh in his face? I actually did. <laughs> I said you may as well try and push an Alcatel on me. Because you've got as much luck of me getting the Alcatel as you do me getting the ZTE. And that's funny, too, because it's like, I really want the expensive flagship phone. Nah, nah, you want this $20 phone. Yeah. No, I, I want to give you the larger sale. I want the more expensive phone. No, no, don't think about me, man. Here, get the free with your plan phone. Although, of course, this guy did not really know much. He was not even familiar with the Nexus 5. He'd never heard of it. So, Yeah, top tip, don't buy a phone from a mobile phone store. I don't know why that's the case. It shouldn't be the case. It's the case. Yeah. And if you're going to, do a lot of homework before you go in. Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of political news, WikiLeaks is trying to make headlines again. Can I just say, I don't trust anything from WikiLeaks, and Julian Assange is a troll. I think Julian Assange is a is just a horrible, horrible person. I, I really do. And I feel confused because when this show started four years ago, WikiLeaks was like our savior. And maybe that's putting it a bit strongly, but you know, he was fighting the power, man. He was sharing the information that needed to be shared. But now it seriously feels like he's trolling for attention. I'd see, I, I still think I, I, I think that I like what he does. I don't necessarily agree with the fact that he's doing it. But I do like what guys like he and Edward Snowden have done to bring government corruption and and just general scumbaggery out of the out of the darkness. Here's the issue I have with this is that let's let's take two things, both starting with Wiki, Wikipedia and WikiLeaks. Wikipedia's mission is to provide accurate information. Right? Yes. And they don't ha- really have an agenda past that. People will try and argue that they're liberally biased or they are the establishment. But really, their agenda only extends as far as their contributors' agendas do. And there's so many of them counteracting each other that it all kind of balances out. Yes. They become objectively accurate. WikiLeaks may start with objective information but it's then run through the Assange filter where it all becomes his agenda. He decides which information comes out and when and in what way, and he'll hold some of it back and he'll flat out lie about other parts of it. If he was truly dedicated to the information, like he claims, he would he re- let it out whether or not it served his agenda. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's why I say he's an absolute troll. Well, he got himself back in the headlines because he released a whole treasure trove of information that says the CIA is hacking us and spying on us from basically, I'm going to paraphrase, every electronic device. Yeah, TVs, phones, cars. I mean, you name it. If it's got an internet connection, it's being used to spy on us. And here's why I immediately find this suspect. You know when you go to a... Um, a garage for your safety or emissions testing on your car. And they say, oh, yeah, your brakes, they just barely failed. But don't worry, I can fix that for you for a price. Yeah. Yeah. I immediately don't trust it. That's why I go to a garage that doesn't offer those services to get my emissions. 
and yes. safety. Well, just like that, he's also saying, hey, by the way, the CIA is hacking everyone, especially these companies, Apple, Google, smart cars, uh, Samsung TVs. And by the way, I'm willing to help you fix it. He's offering his services to these companies to try and fix these vulnerabilities. Biggest one on there, Apple. Apple has already released a statement saying, um, pretty much all the vulnerabilities listed here, we've already patched long ago. And Google has come out and said, yeah, we've already patched this stuff too. So, right. I feel like he's fleecing us. He may be. You know, the thing that caught, I, I was listening to the radio earlier tonight and they were talking with a cybersecurity professor from one of the universities here and they were discussing this and he said, you know, the thing is the CIA is a spy agency. They spy. It's what they do. This should come as no surprise. Right. He said the greater concern is the fact that somebody within that spy agency had the balls to go and leak all of this information that they're doing. I mean, that right there could be considered treason. Well, it is. And I mean, that right there, Used to be punishable by death. Now, I don't know. They make you a hero or something. It's it's weird, backwards world we live in. But that right there is kind of a concern as well. If you've got people who are willing to just leak information that's top secret or above top secret, what else were, are they willing to do? Or leaking it to who? And we've talked yeah. about this with increasing frequency here since the current administration has taken over. But it's like what I was talking about with the White House staffers. On one hand, I feel conflicted because they shouldn't be leaking this information. They should be trusted advisors. That staff should be trusted. If I were the president, I would want to know that my staff isn't going to leak everything I say. Exactly. But on the other hand, as a private citizen, I kind of like the fact that we're able to hear what's actually happening so the spin doctors can't wash it out and change the narrative before it ever gets to me. So I end up having to learn about what's happening in my life right now in some history channel special or Adam ruins everything 20 years from now where I learned, Oh, Hey, in 2017, we lost this, this, this all behind this, the guise of whatever. So I feel conflicted that way. And it's the same thing here. My issue, however, is still Julian Assange. Just the individual the individual. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of problems with that guy. I, I don't trust him at all. But, you know, I wonder, he's put out so many, and I may have mentioned this on the show before, but he has put out so many dumps of information that were proven to be credible. One of these times, he's going to put out something that's just complete garbage, and everybody's going to assume that it was credible because he's got that track record. It's already happened. The, and the DNC hacks of Hillary Clinton's campaigns, he said he didn't get from Russia. Yeah. He, he hacked the DNC's pass, um, email servers because someone had like password one, two, three is their password. And Russia flat out turned around and said, no, we, we gave him, we gave it to him. Yeah. But so it's like, the, I, by the time that happens though, it's going to be too late and the damage will be done because we live in such a short news cycle. Nobody's going to go back and revisit what they've already talked about. True, true. Now, 
everything being said that, uh, oh, oh, it, it also should be pointed out. He is wanted on multiple counts of rape charges, uh, yes. and has a sexual assault history and promises to sue anyone who says that he has a history of sexual assault, um, and is a rapist. Zook which said is it, not me. now my third time on this show saying it. <laughs> He's coming for you, Zook. The freaky albino racist known as Julian Assange. That sounds like a show title. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds a little too rapey to me. Wait, did I say rapist or racist? You said racist. Dang it. Well, maybe he's that too. Let's, let's not, you know, make assumptions here. <laughs> um, okay. So even though he's full of crap most of the time, and I shouldn't say most of the time, I have, I have to remain objective. On, on occasion. On occasionally, he's full of crap. Allegedly. And he definitely has an agenda. FBI Director James Conley does point out that Julian Assange may have a point, releasing a statement this week saying that um, there's nothing in the world that's private anymore. Yeah, he said even your memories are not private, which that's disturbing. But yet it's not when you think about it. What do most people in American society do with their memories now? They Snapchat it. They Instagram True. it. They post it to Facebook. You Every morning, you get it on your Facebook feed. Hey, remember this post from X amount of years ago? You want to share it again? Those are your memories. Yeah. Yeah. He said, ah. he, he said um, people are still entitled to a, quote, reasonable amount of privacy based on the Fifth Amendment. Uh but he said, quote, it would be foolish to think that anything I said or did is fully private, even through encrypted devices. Which I realize it's not the point. Even as I say this, I realize it's not the point. OK, but I don't really have a problem with because I don't really have much to hide. Well, see, I don't have anything to hide either, but that doesn't mean that I want to open up everything for the world to see. Fair point. And trust me, I get it. You know, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying I'm really boring. Oh, I'm Look, so boring. I'm a 35-year-old human male. I have four kids. Immediately, you know that this means I go to the bathroom. I've had sex at least four times. I am occasionally naked. And I probably have male genitalia. Boom. That's really all you need to know about me. <laughs> Everything else I've already posted online. Yeah, and now I, having said this in a podcast, I just posted that online. You know, Mike, I think the biggest concern is information being taken and skewed and used against me. That is a problem or turned into marketing tools. Yes, I am not a commodity. I refuse to be treated as such, although Google and Facebook and all the other Internet sites do treat me as such. I don't appreciate it, by the way. Um, on, on I, that note, before we move forward, and I feel bad that this isn't in the show notes, but uh, our new beloved FCC has r started rolling back uh, Obama's uh, privacy protection. So ISPs are now allowed to sell your information to marketing groups. So all your browsing history and your all that stuff. Good job. Yeah, incognito mode. <laughs> Although I've been led to understand that incognito mode really is nothing incognito mode means it simply doesn't save the history to your immediate browser but it's still there it's all still there it's all there 
So, yeah, I mean, I I don't like the idea of anybody knowing whatever they want about me at any given point in time. And the government has encroached way too far over that line for my liking. And so, take that as it will. But we've said on this show for years, if you're online, it's... There is no security. There is no privacy. So if, if you're online, you're basically yelling in your front yard. You are. You are. You are. Now, if you're committing murder and you have connected devices, um, then you could have problems. And we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, we've, we talked about the murder case where Amazon didn't want to hand over the echo data in Arkansas. Well, after some, some fighting over it, They've handed over the data. Now, it should be noted, they didn't necessarily cave, but they did it because the defendant, the person accused of the murder, agreed to hand over to police information from his smart home assistant, which basically means that gives Amazon the okay to hand it over. Yes. I don't know if he knew what he was doing, unless he truly didn't do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But they, they did argue that giving it would constitute a violation of consumer rights. And, I mean, we covered without, this a couple without shows Without his ago. consent. Yeah. And so I'm kind of surprised that, that it happened at all. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll wait and see how bad it comes back to bite him. Now, it should be noted that his last name is Bates. Just going to say that. Not Norman. Um, also in funny, your life is not secure news. Uh, we've talked about over the past few weeks now, confide. It's a encrypted SMS system that you can install on your phone. You can install on your computer. It's great. Supposedly leakers in the white house staff have been using it and it has end to end encryption and can block screenshots. You have to read your text messages line by line and they're immediately deleted from the system as soon as you read them. It's great. By the way, it's vulnerable because of course it is. Yeah, this is, this is bad. Um, critical flaws allowed attackers to impersonate friendly contacts by hijacking account sessions or guessing a password. Spy on contact details, intercept conversation and decrypt messages, um, alter the contents of a message or attachment in transit without decrypting it, or send malformed messages that can crash slow or otherwise disrupt the application. Never mind the fact that the company itself, Confide, can act as a man in the middle because your messages get sent through their servers before ending up at the endpoint. Yes. Um, so what they did is... Um, Seattle-based IO Active tried to run this exploit. Um, they did it over the course of two days, and they got a database containing around a million records. And of that, they were able to immediately get 7,000 account records. Well, that doesn't sound horrible, right? I mean, that's less than 1%. Except for in that 7,000, they were immediately able to find multiple Department of Homeland Security uh, employees and their records, and an associate of Donald Trump, who has been messaging the president using this. Yes. Yeah, this is this is bad news. The, uh, this this company's got to get their crap together. They're promising, like, did I see they promised military-grade encryption? 
If you're going to promise that, you better deliver that. Right. And I love the response that, that um, the co-founder of, of Confide came out with and said, he said, the researchers intentionally undermined the security of their own system to bypass several layers of Confide's protections, including application signers, code obfuscation, and certificate pinning. The attack that they claim to be demonstrating does not apply to legitimate users of Confide who are benefiting from multiple security protections that we have put in place. Undermining your own security or taking complete control of a device makes the entire device vulnerable, not just the Confide app. Okay, hackers aren't worried about undermining their own security in the process of a hack of this magnitude. That's like saying this bank is secure so long as you don't try and break in. Yes. You know, when just walking through the front door, you won't get to the vault. You know, trying to break in is deliberately bypassing security measures, and it does not constitute a typical use case scenario. Well, no, duh. They're robbing the place. Yeah. I I, heard, I read that quote, and I could not believe just how stupid that is. It's exactly right. It's like going into a bank to rob it. You're not going to rob it if you're not if you don't go into the bank. With a gun, you know, you, you've got to kind of break the rules in order to break the rules. So, yeah, I think that that's stupid. Apparently, though, um, they have rolled out an updated version of the app and they assure their customers that there wasn't any incident of these flaws being exploited by any other party. I'm going to give it six months and we'll find out that, yes, there was. Indeed. Okay, what do we have next? WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks. Our show notes are a mess. DOJ. Yes. Oh. This one pisses me off. And Let's I'm... get the rage going. So, okay. Take a deep breath. I, I'm centering myself right now. We reported in the past that the FBI and the Department of Justice, by extension, were able to infiltrate certain nodes of the Tor network. Now, if you need a quick refresher, the Tor network is, for lack of a better word, the dark web. It's one part of it. Yes. It's a hidden encrypted network that works on modular nodes. You have to access through a node. And even if you compromise one, the network itself stays fairly secure. Well, the FBI was able to infiltrate one or two nodes. And doing so, they were able to get quite a bit of information. Well, they decided to take that information, in this case, um, a whole lot of child pornographers, and prosecute them. Unfortunately, the court said, if you're going to prosecute them, you need to say what your evidence is, and you need to say where you got your evidence from. Because, you know, that's how the court system works. It's to protect us from people just making stuff up. Well, the DOJ has decided that instead of giving up information on how they were able to access the Tor network, they're just going to drop the case. So they're letting child pornographers walk free because they don't want to say how they're catching child pornographers, which begs the question, why are they doing this if not to catch child pornographers because they're hoping for a bigger take evidently putting 200 alleged 
legally you have to say alleged, alleged child pornographers behind bars for their entire life or until they're killed in prison isn't a big fish. It's not worth it. When they could stop, I don't know, something worse than illegal human trafficking of minors. It makes me sick. It, it, it really disgusts me. I am, I am very disgusted by this. So, yeah, that's our tax dollars at work, y'all. Um, now, it, it, possibly completely unrelated to this, but in my mind, even if it's not true, I would like to think it is. Anonymous went and took down more than 10,000 websites from the dark web that contain child pornography. They just went to town. Yes. Yeah, they they breached Freedom Hosting 2, which I guess is the largest host of dark websites, and you can only get to it through the Tor network. And they took down and defaced 10,613 websites, which is a fifth of the dark web. They took down a fifth of the dark web for hosting child pornography. I don't say this often, but Good job, Anonymous. Keep doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, the hackers did say in an interview saying, initially, we didn't want to take down Freedom Host 2, but then we found several large child pornography sites which were using more than their stated allowance. Usually, Freedom Hosting 2 has a quota of 256 megabytes per site, but these illegal sites comprised of gigabytes of material. This suggests they paid for hosting and the admin knew of those sites. That's when I decided to take it down instead. I like that. I I like that a lot. Um, again, there's nothing to say this was in response to the DOJ completely dropping the ball, but in my mind, I'd like to think it is. Just kind of karma trying to make up for it. Yeah. We, we can't send these horrible people to jail, but we can at least take away their toys. Which is pretty awesome. Pretty I'm just awesome. hoping. Speaking of porn... Yay. <laughs> so, um, a long time ago, I went to a site called stickfiguredeaththeater.com or sfdt.com where people had made flash animations. Yes, this is a long time ago, people of stick figures battling each other. Some of them were hilarious. Some of them, not so much. One day I decided to show my very conservative friends a hilarious video of this huge kung fu fight of stick figures i went to the site and i found hardcore sex acts on immediate instant play did not go over well see it turns out that they had let their domain name lapse and it had been immediately picked up by a porn host because of its high amount of traffic why am i bringing that this up now 17 years later well it's because a town in Florida did that with their city newspaper. They moved all their stuff to a .gov, and they left their .com domains expire. Was it the city newspaper, or was it just their old city website? Um, I think it was the oh, city website. Oh, you're right. Website. It was the city website, yeah. Now, it makes perfect sense why a city would use a .gov address, right? But... In most cases, you'd keep the .com address going and buy the .org and whatever else, and 
use an auto forwarder. So if you type in dot, you know, the address dot com, it auto forwards to the dot gov. They yes. didn't do this. And instead, it's now going to a, uh, a porn site. And evidently, people didn't know this, even though the change was made three years ago, because people are still going to the site. That's hilarious. Always be sure you want to let certain things expire, people. That should have been used in my news of the stupid. <laughs> it should have, but it's it's just kind of fit so well with the flow of the show. It did. It did. Um, okay. Um, Razor announced something we don't even care about. Uh, 17 million cable users have cut the cord just last year. That's a lot. That's a huge amount. Yeah, that's... One, uh, no, not 17. 1.7 million. Oh, that's not as much. Still, that's, that's down from 1.1. So they say that this is the fastest rate of decline on record. So people are dumping their cable companies faster than they ever have. Which leads me to question, at what point will the cable companies realize that they need to change? That customers are not a dime a dozen like they were in the 80s and 90s. Right. Hmm. Probably never. They'll just buy more into their internet arm and throttle your speeds. Probably. Uh, Facebook has released a new tag, which I haven't seen yet, and I've been looking for it. I haven't seen it either. We've talked about it, but it's now allegedly live. Right. So it's the disputed tag. So when your not-so-mildly-racist uncle posts something from totallyrealliberalnews.com saying that, um, you know, Orrin Hatch, our other horrible senator, sorry, um, is actually an alien who's trying to kill all Jews. That's the only explanation for him being alive so long. Is right, right. Alien. I'm not discounting it. <laughs> but you can tag it as disputed. And they'll enter into their algorithms that, hey, you know what? A lot of people are tagging everything from this particular source as disputed. It's probably not a real news site. Now, on one hand, I get it. It makes sense. And we've talked about how they need this information to create a good algorithm for going through fake news. But we've also talked about how this doesn't work because it could be something like saying an article from CNN saying um, President Trump inauguration videos show 20 million less people watched or attended. And people who are huge Trump supporters will mark it as disputed. Because everybody knows he's he's like the best. Right. Everyone showed up for Glorious Leader. Everyone knows that. Disputed. People will dispute whatever doesn't fit their my, their, their worldview. Yes. And I don't understand why Facebook can't figure that out. You're not going to be able to filter fake news by going off of what people think because people are sharing what they think. And everything else is fake news. And people are kind of stupid. People are incredibly stupid. And I say that being a person. Being a who, people? Yes, I am a people. Yeah. So take that for what you will. Um, is this the start of our 
Oh, this is kind of news of the stupid. So last week we talked about how Uber was using that secret program to try and dodge government regulators. Well, I forgot. It's called Grayball. And they've yeah. promised to stop using it. <laughs> Uber is such... Uh, they're also hiring a COO to help their disaster of a CEO. He's a babysitter. He, yes. Now, what's really funny is it says that we will no longer use Grayball. However, it might take a while for everyone to uh, fall in line and, and do that. Let me let me reword that for you. We promise we'll start following the law. But just as a warning, it might take a while to get the word out to everyone that they shouldn't be breaking the law. So some of our people might still do it. Just, just FYI. And see, I take that as... We're just going to use it as an excuse to continue breaking the law. Right, right. Oh, sorry. I didn't get that memo. We were supposed to follow the law here? I thought that was just the next state over. Sorry. Can't yeah, blame me. They're awful. Um, Microsoft news that I haven't been able to see yet, uh, but this comes from... Well, this comes from Extreme Tech, but it also comes from other sources as well, saying that they're having um, ads pop up in Windows 10. In File Explorer. Yeah. Now, I, I've seen certain issues of it. For instance, when if you have a new Windows 10 installation and you launch Chrome, you'll see a small pop-up saying, have you tried Microsoft Edge? And the argument can be made that that is a pop-up ad. But if you clear it once, you never see it again. They're saying that they're seeing it in the File Explorer, um, telling you about how you can get up to t- a terabyte of storage in OneDrive for six ninety nine a month and giving you options to learn more or not now. I have never seen this. See, I haven't either, and I wonder if it's because I run Pi-hole on my network. Uh, you know, that's a very good chance, but I don't run Pi-hole on every network I connect to, and I've never seen this on any of my computers. Now, I'm not saying they're making this up, because it's very possible. It's I don't want to say likely, but it's just as likely as not that it's real, right? Yeah. I just find it interesting that I haven't seen it. I wonder if it's certain versions, certain regions. Uh, I wonder if it's only on home systems and I'm using pro systems. I, I don't know. I want more information. Are, are any of you, our dear listeners, seeing these ads on, on Windows 10? Let us know. Now, what's really funny is they're also seeing pop-up ads for the Microsoft Personal Shopping Assistant in Chrome. I'm not really sure what they're complaining about. You installed a plugin for Chrome called Microsoft Personal Shopping Assistant, and it's giving you a pop-up saying, suggesting where you should shop. So okay. mission accomplished, I guess. Okay, good. Why is this sure. a problem? You install. What did you think it was going to do? Yeah. I. Look, uh, the, the weird, have you tried it in Edge pop-up? I get, that's weird. I've seen it, I clear it, um, even though I use Edge right now. Uh, the one in File Explorer, when it's if it's happening, if it happens to you, yeah, sure, that's really annoying. Hopefully it doesn't come back. Microsoft should really think about not doing that. But the, the Chrome extension, guess what? You asked for it. It's like saying, hey, I installed the Yahoo toolbar, and for some reason there's this toolbar on my browser now with Yahoo on it. Well, that's because that's what you installed. Yeah, that's madness. Snapchat. Oh, my gosh. Why are these people even still a company? We keep hearing stuff about Snapchat and their filters. Like, every time there's a day that they do special filters for, 
we hear about it. So the first one was the Bob Marley blackface filter. Then there was the Asian yellow face filter. And now for International Women's Day, you can throw a filter on there um, that celebrates uh, Mary Curie and two other people I can't even remember right now. Yeah, but for some Marie reason, Curie is is the big one that they're that everyone seems to be talking about. Well, who is she? Well, she's a world famous scientist who won the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, Not Nobel Peace Prize, was it? Well, uh, yeah, Nobel Prize for Science. Didn't Aren't she they all kinds of Peace Prize? She discovered penicillin, man, no, and was defended us. Uh, no, and defended <laughs> against alien attack. Um. So if you use that filter, it shows a little banner on the bottom. Are you, were you being serious? I can't tell. Yeah. Who did penicillin? Oh my gosh. Look it up on your own time. I so am. it shows. She, oh, she did radioactivity stuff. She so, was a scientist. Dude, dude. So it shows the banner at the bottom and some beakers, but then also lovingly smooths out your features, slims your face and gives you eyelash extensions. Because, as we know, that is the most important part of remembering a renowned scientist who changed the modern world. Yes. She wouldn't have been quite the same scientist without her makeup job. No, I mean, you got to whore it up if you're going to the lab. Snapchat, (laughs) when you think of making a new filter, just don't. Seriously, don't. You had one job. One job to send naked selfies to people who probably didn't want them and immediately have all evidence disappear. We don't need any of this other stuff. True. And and it was Fleming who discovered penicillin. So, yeah, I apologize for my stupidity there. However, Marie Curie won a Nobel Prize in physics and in chemistry. Ian Fleming, the guy who wrote James Bond? Yeah, he was busy, dude. He was a busy guy. No, Alexander Fleming. We don't have any history majors who listen to our show, right? Just screaming at the radio. (laughs) Okay, finally, and this one is hilarious. HBO decided to try and get some viral marketing by live streaming a giant block of ice. Yeah. Because that's exciting. In the giant block of ice, frozen in there was the date of when the next season of Game of Thrones was going to come out. Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And if you, um, because it was a Facebook live stream, and if you hit a certain type of icon, a flamethrower would shoot out and melt some of the ice. Um, after about four hours of the ice not melting, <laughs> the live stream crashed. So they brought it up. They brought it back up and they said, okay, okay. If you type this into it, and I don't know, it's some word from Game of Thrones that I don't know about, multiple flamethrowers will hit it all at once. So people start spamming that. And after a couple more hours, it crashed again. So were the keyboards that people were typing on actually connected to flamethrowers? Who knows? Who cares? Someone didn't physics hard enough. <laughs> After it crashed again, HBO just simply tweeted out when the when the season seven would start. It's like, and it's funny because as this article in Mashable points out, this is kind of what Game of Thrones fans are really worried about. It's already been delayed by four months. 
and suddenly middling execution, nothing happening that's supposed to happen, and then a really disappointing end where they just kind of tweet out the date. It's kind of anticlimactic. Guess what? There's heat in that ice. There's a natural resting energy measured in heat. And there's more heat in that giant block of ice than was in your flamethrower. You have to overwhelm it. And even then, it's not going to happen immediately. I think what they needed to do is just have like five or six guys there with flamethrowers doing it. Because why not? That would have been a lot more entertaining. I would have watched that. Nothing would have happened, at least not for an hour. Have you seen the size of this block? It's huge. That's what she said. Um, but yeah, it's giant, man. That's a big block of ice. Morons. <laughs> okay, into our favorites. Um, mine comes from John Oliver. And you know what? We've, I, I've posted quite a few John Oliver ones, and I get that he's not everyone's cup of tea. Ha <laughs> ha, British joke. But this is an interesting um, interview he does because he has the Dalai Lama on. He actually flies to India and he interviews the Dalai Lama about a very interesting problem I didn't know existed. But it's a fascinating problem. And if you have 18 minutes, you really owe it to yourself to watch because it could definitely change the geopolitical landscape in future generations. Not yeah, this it, interview, but the problem he talks about. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. And uh, you know what I learned awesome. most? Watching this interview, the Dalai Lama's got some cojones. He's he's got some sass, and he throws it straight at China, calls them idiots. That's awesome. I've got a friend who who speaks Chinese. He lived in Taiwan. Was it Taiwan? No, yeah, Taiwan. We all look the same. It's okay. And I we had a Chinese professor in college, and he went up and started talking in Chinese to this professor who was like as straight down the communist party line as they come. I mean, this dude is all about motherland China and all this other communism. And he wouldn't even acknowledge that my friend was talking to him because he didn't, because of the accent that he was speaking with. It was a um, Taiwanese accent instead of a, a mainland China. Oh accent. yeah. That's a big no, no. Oh, he, he just refused to even speak to him. It was hilarious. He just dismissed him. It was great. Okay, now that I'm done reminiscing, um, let's talk about Logan a little bit. Logan uh, came out this last weekend starring Hugh Jackman. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I understand it's really good. But they had a, a short at the beginning, and if you have listened to the show for any period of time, you know I'm not a huge fan of the character Deadpool. However, I loved the marketing that they did with the Deadpool movie. I think Ryan Reynolds does a really good job with the character. Well, they gave us a nice little short to get us in the mood for more Deadpool coming in the future. And they happened to release it online. So take three and a half minutes if you have not seen it and want a good chuckle and watch my favorite. It's Deadpool trying to thwart a crime. It's highly entertaining. There's a nice cameo from a, from a legend in there as well. Uh, I got to warn you, though, there is quite a bit of language, so don't watch it with the kids or possibly at work if that kind of thing will get you fired. Probably. Unless you have a boss who really likes Deadpool, too. Yeah. All right. That is our show this week, and hopefully that's our new site this week. Yes. Check it out. Come on over, StolenDroids.com. Hey, you know what? 
drop us some feedback while you're there. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. If you want tickets, hey, hey, you remember that? Yeah, we got we got passes, and we've given some away. We'll be giving some away. Uh, we've got another pair that we're giving away, um, but by this time, they may already be gone. But if you are at FanX this weekend, come see us. Keep an eye out. We'll be the idiots walking around with microphones. Indeed. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.